Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father God, we love you tonight. We bless you. We come before your presence to study your word together. And as we do, we expect the spirit of the living God to unveil the deep, rich treasures of your word to our hearts and to quicken us according unto your word, dear Father God, that we may go forth as doers of the word and not hearers only. And Heavenly Father, I believe that you have caused my lips to be as the tongue of a a pen of a ready writer to proclaim with boldness and accuracy this knowledge of the truth that will make us free. And we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for everything that's accomplished and achieved among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts 28, if you would, please. Acts 28. We have been told in the Word of God to fight the good fight of faith. Did you ever read that in 1 Timothy 6.12? I'm glad to see that you did. How many of you read that? In 1 Timothy 6 and 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Are you a fighter or are you a quitter? I said, are you a fighter or are you a quitter? You're a fighter. You're not a quitter. You're a believer. You're not a doubter, praise God. Amen? Amen. Fight means to contend with and battle. To fight means to put up resistance. To fight means to stand against with all your abilities and to put forth a determined effort to prevent the success or the effectiveness of an enemy. Did you get that? I know. I just see you shaking your head. You didn't get it. I'm going to say it again. To fight means to contend in battle. To fight means to to, to contend with someone in combat. It means to put forth a determined effort to prevent the successfulness or effectiveness of another, of an opponent. In other words, there is something that we have got to do on our part to prevent an enemy from invading our lives. You believe that? That's why we've been told, fight the good fight of faith. Well... What are we to stand against then in this life, in this world? We know that we have got to contend with the devil, the world, and the flesh. For we battle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and powers and the spiritual wickedness and darkness and high places and all those demon powers. We know that we are to stand against them and put forth a determined effort to prevent their success in our lives. Isn't that true? We are to stand against the dictates of our flesh. The flesh does not want us to get ahead in God. Did you find that out in your Christian life? The flesh doesn't want you to go on in the things of God. It wants to hold you back. And so we've got to put forth a determined effort to prevent our flesh from being successful against us in this life. Paul himself said, I've got to to keep under my body. I've got to keep it under control so that lest by any means I myself would become a castaway because my flesh rebels against my spirit also. We are told the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit so that you cannot do the things that you would. And so we're supposed to put forth a determined effort, praise God, to see to it that this flesh lines up to the Word of God. Amen? You know, this old flesh of ours does not want to line up to God's Word. This flesh of ours does not want to do anything, you know, other than what it wants to do itself. But as believers, we are spirit beings and we have a right to see to it that we keep our flesh in check. You ever find yourself under a cloud of oppression? Do you ever find yourself in a situation where it seems like you're, you're just full of doom and gloom? You've got oppressive forces out there coming against you, trying to hold you down. 
You've got the flesh responding to that kind of pressure. And instead of standing against it, instead of putting up the effort that we need to put forth against it, we just go ahead and become victimized by those forces that are out there in this world. Well, we don't have to be overcome by the devil. We don't have to be overcome by the flesh. We don't have to be overcome by the forces that are in this world today. Praise God, we can refuse to open up that door. We can refuse to allow those forces in. It'll take a stand. It'll take a fight. But the fight is one of faith. How do we successfully overcome the world? By our faith. How do we overcome the devil? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. How do we overcome the, the flesh? Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Isn't that what the Word says? How do I walk in the Spirit? By faith. And so, in other words, it's our faith that enables us to overcome in this life in which we live. And God wants us to know that. He wants us to develop our faith as much as we possibly can. And, beloved, to those that say, well, I've got faith. And you think that you have all the faith that you can possibly have. I want you to understand something. You can have a whole lot more, praise God. You can develop and mature in faith until you can do the things that Jesus said you can do. He said you can speak to that mountain, praise God, with the faith of God and tell it to be removed and it will not stand in your way. Didn't He say that? He said you can speak to that sycamine tree and say, Be thou plucked up by the root and cast into the sea and planted into the sea and it will obey you. Didn't He say that? He said all things are possible unto him that doubteth. No, that believeth. Didn't He say that? You want to get excited about something? Get excited about that. All things are possible. There are no limits, praise God. We have the unlimited ability of God on the inside of us. And I'll tell you what, if we learn how to put it to work, praise God, we'll set devils to flee. They'll flee from you. Demons will tremble at the sound of your voice as you proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Your flesh will line up to the Word of God. And this world around you will not be an influence that will overcome you in this life. The world will have tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And what's the victory that overcometh the world? Even... Our faith. Our faith is in Jesus who overcame the world. And so since He already overcame the world, all we've got to do is rest in His victory over the world. And if we believe that, praise God, when tribulations come our way, we can rise up in Jesus' name and use the force of faith and put forth a determined effort and prevent the successfulness of the devil, the world, and the flesh. I'm telling you tonight, no demon power has power over your life. There isn't a force of darkness that can possibly match the force of the living God that is at your disposal. Jesus said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name, you'll you'll overcome sickness and disease. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to quote to you what the Word of God says. At the mention of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That means every pressure in this world has got to bow its knee to that majestic name. That means every devil and demon of hell has got to bow its knee to that wonderful name that is ours to use. And this old flesh of ours has got to line up to the name of Jesus as we proclaim the word over our bodies also. Now, I want you to know that Paul was preaching about something he knew about. I mean to tell you, he knew about faith. He knew that there would be tribulation in this life. He knew... There would be attacks upon his physical person. He knew he'd find himself in situations where he would need the power of God. Before we look at this Acts in 28, I want everyone here to realize tonight that you're going to need the power of God in your life at one point or another. You are going to need a miracle from the Most High God. 
And I'm telling you tonight that there's going to come a time in your life when only the power of God will suffice. No matter what man has, no matter what man has developed with all his innovative ideas and all of his advancements, whether it be in medical science or, or any kind of knowledge whatsoever that we can name on this earth, there will come a time that it will not be sufficient to the task. There will come a time that you will need the absolute power of God and the power of God alone, and that's the only thing that's going to enable you to overcome your problem. You say, how can you believe that? It's true. You going back to the Israelites when they were in Egyptian bondage, and you find them there under this oppression of the devil, they were oppressed for all these years, hundreds of years. Listen carefully. They were oppressed all these years, and in this bondage, and in this darkness... And I mean that the hand of the enemy was upon them and they were in captivity. And one day they began to mourn. They began to cry out unto God and they wanted help. And God raised up a man by the name of Moses and he said, go and set my people free. And the devil wouldn't let him go. Pharaoh wouldn't let him go. Pharaoh was under the control of demon powers and would not let them go. And so God began to show himself to be God. Hallelujah. He demonstrated he was greater than any God that they represented or served upon this earth. And one plague after another plague after another plague after another plague. I'm telling you, God demonstrated that he was the almighty God. The El Shaddai of our lives, the God of plenty, the God who is more than enough, the great I am, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He showed himself to be strong right there on their behalf. And as he demonstrated his mighty power and his glory, I mean to tell you, all those powers and demons of hell had to bow their knee to the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah God. Well, they were delivered out of Egyptian bondage and as they began to make their way across right there to the Red Sea, we find the Egyptians says, well, we're not going to settle for defeat. We're going to go follow them. How many of you know that's exactly what the devil does to the child of God today? You get born again, spirit-filled, faith-walking, tongue-talking, living epistle of living Christ, read and known of all men. I mean to tell you, you begin to pursue the plan of God for your life and the devil will come pursuing you to try to steal, kill, and destroy. Isn't that what the Word of God says? Well, there they were. There they were, set free and going on their way. God had a promised land for them. And there they were. And they got finally to the... To the as they were approaching the river, the Egyptians were following them, wanting to destroy them or take them back into captivity. Didn't want to let them go. Well, now listen carefully. When they got there, there was a sea. There were the mountains surrounding them. They had no place to turn. They had nowhere to go. If they turn around, they're back into captivity. If they go ahead, they're going to drown in the sea. And the mountains were on either side of them. They had no place of refuge, no place to hide. What are they going to do? Everyone will find himself in that place at one time or another in this life. And beloved, I guarantee you, that's when you need to know the power of God. That's when you need to know the ability of God. It may be a situation in your body where there's a pronouncement upon you that there's nothing more that man can possibly do for you. You need to know how to reach God. You need to know how to unleash the power and ability of the Most High God. And so Moses cried out and said to God, God, what are we going to do? And God spoke to Moses out of heaven and said, you've got the rod, use it. Oh, I like that. You've got the word, use it. Stretch forth that rod. You've got the word, use it. Stretch forth that rod. He stretched forth that rod, praise God, over the red waters of the Red Sea. And those waters were congealed, the Bible says, frozen like ice on either side. And the ground was dried up. Now, had they waited for man to build a boat, they would have died. Had they waited for man to build a bridge, they would have died. In other words, there was nothing that man could possibly do to help them overcome the troubled waters of human life. 
they would have died right there at the hand of the enemy or been taken back into captivity in the darkness once again where they were delivered from. And so they were forced into doing the Word of God. They were forced into acting upon the Word of God. And beloved, it's sad to say at that point some will do it. But also at that point many will not. Because they won't even know what to do. But we don't want to be that way. We don't want to find ourselves in that place or position that we can't get a hold of God. You want to find yourself in that position that you cannot get a hold of God? No, you don't want to be there, beloved. And that's why we've got to study to show ourselves approved to God right now. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth of God's holy written word. And so, as they did what God instructed them to do, praise God, the waters were congealed. They went across dry ground. And the Egyptians uh, uh, stayed to follow them. As they went in, they were all drowned in the Red Sea. And you know the whole story from there. Well, beloved, the Apostle Paul was also likewise a man of faith. He knew there would be situations he would encounter in this life that he had to come to a place where he had to believe God and believe God alone. But I want to show you how a man can believe God even with his own physical well-being if he really knows Him. Oh, in Acts 28, we have a, a situation here where the Apostle Paul escaped death. Read on from 8, 28, verse 1. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness... For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit... They looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after that, he had, they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a God. What a quick change. Here we find Paul the Apostle in a very difficult situation. He is out there putting his life out on the line for God. He is doing the will of God. He is pursuing the will of God. He is escaping all sorts of danger. And now all of a sudden, he is bitten by this venomous beast. And that poison is beginning to make its flow through his physical body. And in a short time, this man should be dead. Isn't that true? I mean, they watched, they knew this man should have been dead right there. Graveyard dead. But you know what? He didn't act according to his senses. Even though finding himself in a situation that he needed the power of God, he did not panic. He was not panic-stricken. He was not overcome with oppression. He was not overcome by defeat. He did not allow fear to control his life or his way of thinking. He didn't spaz out and try to find the nearest hospital or some other means of help or source of supply. No. Now, he did exactly what he told Timothy to do. Fight the good fight of faith. He didn't sit there and complain and cry out to God and murmur and say, Why me? Why has this thing happened to me? I'm out here serving you. I'm out here doing your will. I'm out here preaching your word. I'm out here converting as many as I possibly can. And now, what's going to happen? Why me? I dedicated my life to you. I consecrated my life to you. Beloved, in the world, we will have tribulation. 
In the world, we will have to face attack. In the world, we're going to face the enemy. In the world, our body is exposed to all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and situations like this here. But God has given us a revelation in His Word that tells us provision has already been made. And when you go about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. He even told His disciples at one point, Behold, I gave you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you or harm you. You'll not be harmed in any way. Those are the words or the seeds of faith. Those words or seeds produce faith in the child of God. And beloved, this gospel is never going to change. The only thing that can change is the condition of our hearts and of our minds. And what God wants us to know tonight is it's time to take serious what thus saith the Lord and the word of the Most High God and say, Jesus, if you said that devils and demons have got to tremble at the sound of your name, then I believe they'll bow. And Lord Jesus, if you said, I can preach and teach your word, I can proclaim truth, and no harm will come unto me, then praise God, we believe no harm will come unto us. And we can believe our bodies have been delivered and set free from all kinds of things like this here because of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God wants us, beloved, to believe beyond our senses. Our five senses hold us in bondage and limit God in our lives. God wants us to break free. I cannot explain it to you or express it to you enough, beloved. It's like here we are in this little box and it seems like we can go no further. Actually, it's more than a box. It's this body of ours that holds us in bondage. It's this body of ours that limits the Almighty God that we serve. And God is saying, I want you to break loose. I want you to break free. I want you to believe beyond your five senses. Don't you remember Donnie Thomas said, if I don't see it, if I don't touch it, I won't believe it. And God says, I don't want you to be like that. I don't want you to be like that. I want you to break free from that kind of thought. Thought patterns and thinking. Reasonings and faculties in your mind. I want you to break free from those thought patterns. I want you to rise up and believe that God is bigger than our thoughts. God is bigger than the problems we face in this life. Can you imagine how this man could have been overcome by all those forces around him? Well, beloved, when this man was attacked, he set an example for every single one of us to follow. But I really believe that before one follows it successfully... They've got to come to a place where their righteous indignation begins to rise up. When they have an absolute, total dislike for the works of darkness and the forces of evil. One has got to rise up on the inside and say, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate this any longer in my life. Beloved, are you bold enough to say devil enough is enough? Are you bold enough to say disease enough is enough? Are we bold enough to say, world, enough is enough? Peer pressure, enough is enough? Oppression, enough is enough? Sickness, whatever it is. Financial burdens, enough is enough. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore in my life. I've got a source of ability and power given to me that rises to the occasion to meet every need. Boy, this, the Apostle Paul, this man was schooled along these lines. Jesus taught him, and when he was attacked, beloved, he didn't consider it to be a strange thing. He didn't consider it to be such a far-out thing. He was not so disgusted, not so discouraged, that he had his own little pity party because he was attacked by the enemy. No. As a matter of fact, 
he displayed a cool, collected and calm faith like you can hardly imagine. I mean, he took this venomous beast and did what? He shook it off. You know what that word to shake means there? It means to free oneself. It means to get rid of. To free oneself or to get rid of. Now that sounds easy, beloved, but I want you to listen to it in this context. Did you ever get yourself where sticky paper is stuck on your hand? And you try to get that thing off. And in the process, you get your other hand and you, and you rip it off and, and it sticks now to your thumb. And so you go back and you finally get it and rip it off and it's back on this hand. And then you put it under your foot, step on it with your shoe and you start walking around and it's now at the bottom of your shoe. And so you use the other shoe and you step down on it like that and now it's on the other side of your you know, shoe. Go like this here, it's laying on your pant leg. I mean, you know, you're trying to get that thing, get rid of that thing and get rid of that thing and get rid of that thing, but it's, it's clinging to you. It's clinging to you. It's clinging to you. I want you to know something. Devils want to cling to you. I want you to know something. Disease tries to cling to us. Hear me. Deaths, demons, disease, problems, circumstances, situations, they're all around us and they want to cling to us. They want to dictate to our lives. They want to dominate our thinking. They want to overcome our faith. But you know what? Paul the Apostle said, Now, mm-mm, I'm going to free myself from this. I'm going to free myself from this. He shook it off to free oneself. He shook it off. Even though, beloved, it might be at the beginning when we first attempt to step out and act upon the Word of God, it might continue to stick to us and continue to stick around for a while. You cast out a devil, it'll try to come back. The Bible says if you cast out a devil, it'll go in a dry place of seeking rest and finding none. It'll come back and find a house from which it was kicked out, empty, swept and garnished. It'll try to bring in seven more devils or demons worse off than they were and make the person to be a whole lot worse than they were from the very beginning. They'll always try to come back. They'll always try to cling to us. They'll always try to dominate our lives and dominate our thinking. They'll always try to get us to do the wrong things. Sickness and disease will always try to attack our body because it's right here. This bacteria is in the very air that we breathe. But God is saying to us, we can rise up to a place with this kind of faith, this faith level the Apostle Paul had himself. When these things attack us, we are not overcome with fright or fear. When these things attack us in this life, we are not going to allow them to dictate to us. Paul the Apostle made a determined effort. He put forth a determined effort. He used all the energies of his ability in God and he began to shake himself free. Beloved, you are here tonight because God wants you free. We are here tonight because God wants all of us free. God wants us free from the things that bind us. God wants us free from the things that hold us in bondage. God wants us free from sicknesses and free from diseases and free from bad habits and free from oppression and free from these demon forces that are out there trying to dictate to our lives. Beloved, I'm going to say this as loud as I can. I would pray the whole world would hear me. Greater is He who is in us than he that is in the world. God's bigger than the devil. You believe that tonight. God's bigger than it all. God's power, God's strength, God's ability, God's might, and the name that's above every name is above every devil and demon and situation we can encounter in life. This man should have been dead in a matter of minutes. I'm telling you, this is a life and death matter. This man should have been dead in a matter of minutes, but his attitude was one of faith. He said, no, God has given me power over all the power of the enemy. You say, was there a devil in that serpent? I don't know. But I do know this, 
It was a venomous beast. Paul was not doing anything wrong. And I'm sure that little snake wasn't doing anything wrong. It was just getting warm. And when Paul reached down, it just got a hold of him. Its fangs went into him and it unleashed this deadly poison. But the Apostle Paul did not go mad. He shook that thing off. And I guarantee you, it may not state it right there. He did so in Jesus' name. That name that's above every name. He shook that thing off. He freed himself, praise God. And he used his arsenal of faith to prevent the effectiveness of the serpent's bite. Are you listening tonight? To prevent the effectiveness of the serpent's bite. Paul used his faith to prevent the effectiveness of the serpent's bite. That serpent's bite might be sickness and disease. It might be poisonous venom. It might be oppression. It might be obsession or depression or whatever. It might be all kinds of things coming against us in this life. But through our faith, we can shake off the effectiveness of the serpent's bite. And I can show you that in the Word of God. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Numbers. Chapter 21. In the book of Numbers in chapter 21, we see another situation where people were overcome by serpents. We see a situation, unlike the Apostle Paul, where people were in disobedience to God. Oh, beloved, I want you to hear this tonight with open ears, hearts, and minds. Paul was in a position or a situation where he was walking right with God. He was bitten by the serpent and he used his faith to overcome the serpent's bite and the poisonous venom that should have taken his life within minutes. He shook it off in Jesus' name, and he was set free and made whole. And when the people saw this, at first they thought that he was some kind of a murderer, but now they think he's a god. Here we have another situation where the people were not that godly. These people, as a result of their sin and rebellion, were overcome by serpents. Look at verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Why? They were in disobedience. They disobeyed God. They were in rebellion. They did not do what God wanted them to do. And now we find these serpents. We find these here poisonous beasts coming against the people, and the people are bitten, and they are dying there before the Lord. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord. Notice, they identified themselves with their sin. We have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Notice this. He lived if he beheld the serpent of brass. Now, here's the point. These people were in rebellion. They disobeyed God. They were out of line with the Word and the will of God. As a result, they were exposed to these particular serpents that bit them and they were dying. They were dying there right before the Lord as an act of judgment because of their disobedience. But listen to me. There were still those who didn't have to die had they just obeyed God at this point. When it seems as though that you have totally 
taken yourself out of the will of God and totally rebelled against God. And the result of your disease is the result or, or your condition is the result of disobedience and rebellion. It is still not too late. It is still not too late. No matter who we are. No matter what we've done. God makes provisions even for those who sin and miss the mark and disobey through their rebellion. You say, are you sure about that? What about Adam? Go back to the very beginning. What about Adam? A servant got a hold of him too. But God made provisions, did He not? God made provisions. And here in the wilderness, He holds up this serpent of brass, which was symbolic of Christ, and everyone that looked. In other words, now it's time to get your eyes off of the situation. Now it's time to get our eyes off of the consequence of our sin or the consequence of our rebellion. God is saying, still, look, there's time for you. You don't have to be overcome. You don't have to be totally defeated. Even though what you have in your body may have been something caused by error on our part or rebellion on our part. Beloved, you've got to know this. The devil will play tricks with our minds. The enemy will come along and make us think that it's helpless and it's hopeless. There's nothing more that you can do. You're going to have to suffer this thing out under the end. But God says, no, it doesn't have to be that way. All you've got to do is follow the instruction. I love you so much that even though you did this thing, I have still made provision for you. The enemy will use guilt. To, to come upon us and to hold us in bondage and make us think that we're not worthy to receive from God. But beloved, here we have an example of Jesus being lifted up on a pole, becoming the curse for humanity. And all those who would take their eyes off of the situation, off of the rebellion, off of the serpent's bite, and off of all those things and get their eyes focused back on Jesus, back on the one who became the curse for us on that tree, they too would live. And everyone that looked upon that tree or upon that pole lived as a result of steadfast looking at God's provision. Every single one of them. And those that refused to look died by the bite of the serpent. Can you see that? Beloved, there comes a time in all of our lives that we need to make this kind of a steadfast look at Jesus. I want you to turn with me to John Gospel chapter 3. This is the antitype. In John's Gospel chapter 3, that was a type and shadow that one day the Messiah would come. And the Messiah was going to die upon a tree. And on that tree, He would give up His life. He would bear the curse of those that sinned against Him, ultimately, Adam's transgression, and He would make provisions for everyone's success, whether it be their healing or overcoming anything that would come against them in life. And in John 3:13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. All those in Numbers 21 who did not look at the serpent on the pole died by that venom that was unleashed in their bodies from the serpent's bite. 
In other words, they rebelled up to that point and they continued to rebel because they did not choose to look to God's provision. They may have went running around aimlessly trying to find some other means of help. They may have gone to witch doctors. Who knows where they went to? All they knew was they were dying and they would continue to die, but God made provision for them. And beloved, if they can be healed by looking at the type, how much more can the child of God with a better covenant established upon better promises be healed, delivered, and set free by looking at the anti-type? Looking to Jesus Christ. It said here in verse 15, Whosoever believe in Him should not perish. They lived when they looked. God is saying to us tonight, we will live if we will look. Jesus died on that cross. His blood was shed. His blood was spilled. He bore that curse. He became sin for us. He became sickness for us. He became disease for us. He took upon Himself Adam's rebellion in all and everything that separated man from God. He paid the penalty of that high treason. He rose up from the dead victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He came to undo, outdo, and overdo all the works of the devil. And when all the demon powers of hell came and tried to hold him down and tried to prevent his resurrection and tried to stop him from obtaining an eternal redemption for us by taking his blood in the heavenly holies of holies, his powers his collective powers, His demon forces uniting together with all the demons on this earth, all those in the heavenly sphere gathered together, try to hold Him back. But you know what, beloved? There wasn't enough power on this earth to hold Him down. Satan did not have enough force. His demons, His cohorts, all His powers united together in a joint effort were not enough to hold one man down, to hold one man in the grave. Jesus rose from the dead. And when He rose from the dead, He threw off of Himself all these powers of darkness. And praise God, He broke through their forces. He went into the heavenly holy of holies. He offered up His blood that was shed as an eternal redemption for all mankind. And right now, every single one of us who will look at Him, the resurrected One, high and lifted up and full of glory and power, will live. Every single one who will look to Him will have power over devils, power over demons, power over disease, power over poisonous venom, power over anything and everything that can come against us in this life. God is saying to us tonight, He wants us to sharpen our vision. He wants us to maintain a steadfast focus. He wants us to begin to see that our provision is in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And then He wants us to get to a place that we are so angry with the enemy. We are so perturbed by the forces of darkness. We are so upset because we have allowed a defeated foe to take some precious time away from our success in Jesus. Boy, did you hear that, beloved? God wants us to get to the place that we are no longer going to tolerate the enemy stealing our time, stealing our health, stealing our finances, stealing our peace of mind. God is saying, rise up, O saints of God. Rise up and be not held back. Take hold unto yourself 
the name that's above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus, and stand against the forces of evil. Rise up in that name and jointly proclaim that you cannot and will not be defeated in this life. For no power of darkness is able to overcome you because of the name. And that name will see to it that you are successful in overcoming in every area of your life. So, do not settle for defeat. But rise up and take that name and go forth and proclaim it with a newfound faith and declare that I will no longer be in bondage and shake off from yourself the serpent's venom and shake off from yourself the serpent's bite and shake off from yourself that sickness or that disease. And the name will prove to be true on your behalf, saith the Lord. That name will prove to be true. Oh, there are many exploits right now to be done in that mighty name of Jesus. There are many signs and many wonders to take place in that mighty name of Jesus. Oh, there is an unleashing of God's ability and power to take place in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, I see that, Lord. There is an unleashing of God's almighty power. And that glory will be revealed in a dynamic way. For you see, the faith of many shall be quickened. The faith of many shall be made alive. And in times past, when you operated only in a measure of faith, it will come to pass that that measure shall increase and it shall grow with usage. And as you continue to rise up and use that name, you will see an unleashing of power like you have never experienced before, saith the Lord. Beloved, I know that's so. In this morning's meeting, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you were here or not, but there was an unleashing of God's almighty power. I'm telling you, at a new height, at a new level. And God doesn't want it to stop there. God wants it to continue to build and to continue to grow. But individually also, He wants us to be like this apostle, this apostle of faith, the apostle Paul. And He wants us to begin to shake off from ourselves the serpent's bite. Where has He connected with you? What area of your life has been affected by that poisonous venom? Sometimes we just think in physical terms. And beloved, that's not the whole gist of it. I'm telling you, some have been bitten and there's been some poisonous venom flooding their souls, their minds, their reasoning, their thinking. And all they think is defeat. All they think is doom. All they think is gloom. Every day is a dark day. Every day is a sad day. Every day is a defeated day. And you know what? Oh, yes. Yes, I'll say it, Lord. It's a slap in the face to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. It is counting His blood an unholy and an unworthy thing. As if it was shed for no reason whatsoever. Can you see that? Why was it shed to make us destroyed and defeated? Overcome by all these forces He overcame? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, it was shed for our success. It was shed for our victory. It was shed. He poured out His life, beloved, so that you and I would rise up and take the kingdom by force. So that we would continue to keep the serpent's head beneath our feet. So that we would rise up with His mighty name and not take no for an answer. I mean, we're not taking no. When we tell the devil to flee, we're not taking no for an answer. The devil's got to flee. 
God is saying, enough is enough. Yes, I see that, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it just rose up in my heart. The Lord said to me, as I have set my people free in times past, even from Egyptian bondage, as I told Pharaoh to let my people go, even am I saying tonight that my people are to go free and that my people will not be held in bondage. So do not settle for defeat and do not remain under the power of the serpent's bite. But rise up, O child of God, and proclaim your victory, for this knowledge of the truth has power to make you free. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? You ready to shake loose? I mean, are you ready to shake loose? What is that thing that has bound you? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.